Welcome to KC Corner, episode 40, and the Los Angeles Dodgers are World Series champions. Yeah, I wish we could say the Tampa Bay Rays were, but they had a great run. You know, we're so close because Tampa Bay was about to become title town. It was, the new title town. And now L.A. thinks that they could do that because yeah. I think they still play basketball somewhere. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> they something like, I don't know. I don't even think restaurants or anything is open there, so who knows? Yeah, exactly. They can't even party it up and it, they celebrate it. Is the state <laughs> even open at all? It, it's not. It's just going to be underwater soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, Tampa's still got a chance with Tom Brady. It is. That's true. He's but looking we like We got one more Florida team left. Yeah, come on, Tom Brady. <laughs> The Looks other like, two Florida football teams aren't so great. Oh, no. The they're, Dolphins they're, and Jags. They're pretty terrible. I wonder who would win, Tampa Bay and a combined uh, Jacksonville-Miami team. Yeah, it'd be a really close game. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. And Tom Brady, I mean, he looks young. He looks like he's like like 39. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's knocking it all the way back into his 30s. He's incredible. <laughs> all that plastic surgery. That's funny. Wow. wow we're just roasting people this we morning. We are. <laughs> But Tom, he is the GOAT. I'm sure he's listening this morning. I think he tunes in most mornings. Mm-hmm. Him and Giselle usually with their morning coffee. Yeah. Hey, go get him, Tom. <laughs> so this past week, what you meant to say, talking about Abram, Abraham uh, and his story. Wow, Brooks, what a transition. What you know, a transition I'm going from, from Tom from the Brady to plastic the goat, surgery. You know, the, the GOAT, Abraham, he was the GOAT. I mean, I'm telling you, he was the GOAT because the greatest of all time, and again, obviously, Jesus is the ultimate GOAT, but <laughs> but when it comes to uh, figures in the Old Testament and those who believed, and I, I love how beautiful uh, Genesis 15, where we were last week, tells us that uh, Abraham, or at the time, Abram believed in God and God counted it to him as righteousness. And we see that incredible pattern of how we are saved and how we're declared righteous. But when you realize the gap between Abraham's reality and God's promises, wow, what an incredible belief it was. And he did believe in the Lord. And it wasn't, you know, he, he believed that God would come through. And um, God promised him his land as far as he could see, and he was a nomad. And <laughs> God counted, uh, promised him uh, an heir and a nation of people that are more than he could count in the sky, stars in the sky. And he yet was an old man without a kid. And so, uh, incredible goat of faith, you know, and uh, uh, hats off to him. But really, what I meant to say last week was uh, in. The reality of this weird ancient Near Eastern treaty uh, that we wouldn't understand the first blush unless you dug in a little bit to understand what was happening, that God was doubling down on his promises because Abraham, although he was the goat, he asked a great question. You know, how can I know this? I mean, you know, there's there's (laughs) very fair question. Very fair question. (laughs) How can I know this? Um, And it's interesting because sometimes in scripture, like, we ask and God just knows our heart. It's and it's it's good. I mean, Mary asked, "How can this be?" You know, I'm I'm a virgin. You know, mm-hmm. how how can this be? Um, and yet, Zechariah, uh, when he asked with John the Baptist, he asked not out of faith. So, but anyway, let me get back and say, um, you know, what I really tried to say last week was the reality is that we can trust God no matter what because His word is always true. And then He enters into this covenant. He enters into this covenant with Abraham and with us that I'm not going to break my promises. I swear I won't. And it's it's this self-maledictory uh, um, uh, oath, which basically I'll harm myself if I don't come through. And when you look closely at what happened in Genesis 15, that the smoking pot was the only thing that passed through the sacrifice, 
that God and God alone was the mm-hmm. one who says, I'll keep my word and I'll keep your word. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if I mess up, may I be harmed. And if you mess up, if we mess up, may I be harmed. And I don't know how clearly last week I linked that to the cross. I certainly said, look to the cross, but there's where we see Jesus. Our, our series is our rock through the ages. How do we find Jesus? And so the fulfillment of that, I cross my heart, I hope to die, stick a needle in my eye kind of, uh, you know, covenant uh, took place on the cross mm-hmm. where Jesus uh, came through on that. And he is the one who initiates a, a, a covenant with us and he keeps it for us. And it's just amazing. It's profoundly good that God uh, would choose to harm his own son um, so he could bless us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good reminder too, because when you hear that story the first time, you know, you think um, God tell him you'll be able, you'll have descendants as numerous as the sand and the stars in the sky, but you kind of forget like, Yes, are you sure? Like, yeah. are you sure this is possible? I, mean, I don't know if I can do this and everything. So the fact that he doubled down and promised that uh, he would come through is pretty amazing. And the fact that he did is incredible. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and I, I love the fact that Abraham lived with attention. And it didn't go away just because the guy doubled down. I mean, he would have a son. Uh, they tried to do it their own way. Uh, Sarah, and or at the time, Sarah and Abraham tried to do it their own way. And they, they produced uh, Hagar through mm-hmm. a maidservant. And I'm not going to get into that story, but God makes it clear that, hey, I want to do it my way. And Isaac is this son of promise. And so they, they lived. Uh, he did see his wife uh, bear a child and he did see an heir. Um, but the, the promises still were unfulfilled. And I love the fact that Gen- uh, Hebrews 11 is going to give us a little bit more of the story. And, mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of tell us, hey... They lived at a time looking for a city still to come. They they were they had a walk by faith just like you and I do. You know, there's more to come, and mm-hmm. you know they were looking toward the Messiah coming. We're looking back, realizing he did come, but he's coming again. So mm-hmm. it's living with that tension, and I, I feel like God's promises navigate us and get us through, which is great. So if we're not talking about that story with Abraham, what do we have coming this next week? Wow. This this week, um, again, another high watermark in the life of Abraham. We're going to fast forward a little bit, and we're going to get to the point where Isaac is born, and God asked uh, Abraham the, the most outlandish, uh, again, on the surface, the craziest request ever, and that is, hey, I've given you a boy. Now I want you to give him back to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Will you take him up and, and have, have a sacrifice? And um, it's, it's a hard story for me in some senses because I'm a dad and I, and I know that if God, uh, you know, God is good and he does good. So it's hard to say, okay, what's going on? Why would God ask of this? And so we'll unpack that some, but the beautiful, uh, part of the story that I, I really hope to say is it's so easy to see, uh, Jesus because God provides a, a ram. He provides a sacrifice and, um, in, in a substitute mm-hmm. manner. And so God's ultimate ram, his ultimate uh, lamb of God, it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so how even the place where that takes place is probably where the crucifixion took place. Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty darn cool. And as you see that picture up there, that's a that's a uh, a painting and not original, obviously. <laughs> not uh, by you. Of, of uh, Rembrandt's uh, The Sacrifice of Isaac and you know, that the angel is thwarting Abraham's hand. And, and if you look at that picture closely, you'll see in the thicket, there's a ram 
in the background mm-hmm. that God will provide. So yep. we're gonna we're gonna look to uh, you know what is God asking us to lay down that He's given to us, and we're gonna look at the fact that it really so beautifully points to Jesus that He is the Ram that God provided. Yes, yeah, pretty crazy that Abraham kind of in the beginning, like we talked about last week, was questioning whether this is possible and um, God doubling down and then, you know, trying to do it, his him and Sarai trying to do it his own way to provide a child, but then no questions asked, takes Isaac up yeah. the hill. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, okay, I've asked all the questions, I guess this is it. So it, It's incredible. And you know, it's, it's interesting because I love the fact that the Bible is going to tell us people like Abraham, and it's going to show us their life. And there's some high watermarks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abraham believed, you know, Abraham was faithful, mm-hmm. and there are some low watermarks. I mean, <laughs> there's twice that he was willing to have to others say, "Okay, why don't you take my wife here? Make sure I don't die. You can have her." You know, I mean, what a what far from the goat. I mean, he he, uh, he is the woat at that time. You know, I mean, the worst of all time. How can you do that? Um, and in, in the Bible story, it's so wonderful that God shows us all the warts of the heroes that went before us. Mm-hmm. And really what happens is we all long for just one hero emerges and that's Jesus, which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So transition that into you gave me a new book, uh, started going through it, and we'll start talking about it probably mm-hmm. next week, uh, well, Transforming Grace. Well, you know, Brooks, what I um, there's so many things about Brooks uh, that you love. <laughs> I love Brooks Robinson's. Let me count the ways. And one of the things I love about you is your hunger to learn and, and to grow. And I've, I've seen that in your desire. You asked me, hey, what book should we read? I know that you read a lot of C.S. Lewis's stuff, and we just read some Keller. And I, I'm, I just gave you recently, I know you're three chapters in, one of the books that changed my life, and that's Transforming Grace. So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know how we're going to do this, Casey Cornerland, but we probably starting next week, uh, we're going to start uh, chatting about this book by Jerry Bridges. Jerry Bridges, an amazing man. Uh, he's with Jesus now. He started uh, Navigator's Ministry um, and a guy who's written some phenomenal books. But Transforming Grace was a book that transformed me. And it really was at a time when I was under trying to understand grace. Uh, man, I can't tell you how many years ago. I mean, it was 30 some odd years ago uh, that I, I read this for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it was it was t- transformational. So, uh, <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, and really, really good. And I, I, I'm a kind of guy, and I think a lot of us are this kind of person, that we just need to be continually reminded of God's amazing grace. You know, we try to earn it so much we try to live out of guilt shame fear uh instead of out of grace that's the people pleaser in you. oh my goodness <laughs> man is it bad brooks i mean it, it is so bad so. but it's been a it's been a good read so far the first three chapters so if okay. you guys want to pick it up and follow along with us go ahead well you know if you jump on amazon it's uh it's pretty cheap um you can get it now it's a little older we got a paperback version transforming grace jerry bridges uh, let me really encourage that to all of the listeners. Even if you don't follow along with us, it'll be great to have in your library and a great resource for you. Jeff Bezos will get it to your house in like a day. <laughs> exactly. Um, hey, you know, uh, I wish, don't you think we should get some royalties from that? You know, I think we, so too. <laughs> Absolutely. No free ads. Don't even say the title of it. <laughs> there you go. Um, but shout out, now train, going into some King's Chapel updates, shout out to Scott Anderson joining our 20-somethings group last night. It's good having him. Um, and 
adding some uh, nice insight to our group. Well, you know, <laughs> I love Scott, and I love. I'm, I'm trying to decide: did he come to add oh, something, or is he just trying to deny he's no longer in his twenties? You know, so <laughs> yeah, he was uh, dressing all cool. You know, he had like tight tight jeans on, everything. I'm just kidding. Scott. Yeah, that's I'm funny, Scott. That's awesome. <laughs> well, he's cool anyway, but. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen him at the thirty somethings yet. I, I don't know what's happening. Wow, maybe call him out. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's a uh, midlife crisis. No, I'm just kidding. But it was it was great seeing the twenty somethings up here uh, where we record up here uh, in my study, and I think there was like thirteen people here last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, had a nice group. Uh, Tim Keller's amazing, isn't he? That was a good one. Uh, good they, one. you guys are going through. Our groups are going through gospel and life, and I, as I watched a little bit of that uh, video that he does on work. I was mesmerized. It, the way he can so clearly unpack things, the way he, uh, with depth, articulates things, um, boy, uh, I, I would love to have that gift more and more. Mm-hmm. He just summarizes. He's really clear, really concise. But the thing about Keller is he's so well-read, and mm-hmm. he's able to pull resources from a plethora, I want to use that wow. big word, so wow. a plethora of places that... Um, I, it, it's, it kind of makes him unique, mm-hmm. you know. He reads um, a, a really wide width of, of folks that uh, um, help allow him to have a foundation where he brings that gospel truth in with such power. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, and we're I think we're a little bit ahead of some of the groups, but I think it was session six work, and it was especially as a lot of our group is a little younger twenties, like just out of college, so. It's a great thing for everyone to hear, but I think especially our age as we go into the workforce, uh, how can we have a gospel-centered kind of work life? Yeah, instead of having, hey, I have faith and I work, but mm-hmm. you know, how do those two things go together? And I'm telling you, Brooks, it's not just the 20-somethings. Um, I I do remember being a businessman and a Christian and trying to uh, understand that God had given me my sales territory. It was more about a commission. It was more than just a commission. It was really about how can you be the light of Christ there and in practical ways. Keller does a great job, but it's not just the 20-somethings because everybody is working, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you know, uh, I guess until retirement, but even then, you know, how do we bring God's blessings to others? Yep, yep. A little Tim Keller, a little segue, or uh, something right there. I don't know. Tangent, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Well, you know what? We got Jerry Bridges. We got <laughs> Tim Keller. We're well-read, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, the, if you're not part of KC Group, definitely join one. He packs a lot of uh, material into those little 12-minute videos. We have some good discussions. Oh, they're great. And, and by the way, the more I think about this, we not only have Bridges and Keller, but we've talked about Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, know, we've got a wide range you of know, topics. We, we have really, <laughs> we've done well. <laughs> well, I think we're running out of things now. So All right, we'll I think so too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> have a good week. All right, thanks. Blessings, y'all. <laughs>